0: This morning's a, a little different Sunday for us. As many of you may have come in prepared, you knew that we had a special guest with us. So today's a little different. Emmanuel is with us, uh, and he's going to get to share with us. We're going to do this a little interview style. Um, but before we jump into that, I wanted to make a few comments. Um, you know, when Jesus was talking to his disciples uh, right before he left the earth, uh, he challenged them that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that's, um, that's, that's something that we look at as um, while it's, uh, it was something Jesus was telling his disciples then that they ought to be part of it. That, that was their responsibility to take the gospel, to take this good news to the ends of the earth. We also see that as our responsibility, our privilege. And one of the ways we believe we do that at Northwest is by having um, strategic, long-term, deep, significant relationships with people that are doing the same thing we seek to do here. Around the globe and one of those partnerships we have four specific ones Um, you hear about them We're not going to talk about the other three today Um, You'll hear from one of them this summer when uh, another of our global staff will be with us Um, But today we get to celebrate the partnership we have with the GCFC churches in Kenya Uh, This is pastor Emmanuel. Uh, Let's give him a little bit of a welcome Some some of you have have sat with us under this tree Uh, Many of you may have heard us give an update. This building right back here was a a collaboration between our church, the churches in Kenya, and and another couple that is sitting right down here I want to introduce to you as well. This is Don and Carolyn Thompson. Uh, You're going to see them up here. This is them with Emmanuel's family. If you and I want to stand and wave. Don and Carolyn are here with us this weekend. They... I wish we had time this morning to, to add another 30 minutes to what we do so that you could hear about the significance of their relationship with this man. Um, but for 13 years, they have had a relationship with Emmanuel and his family, and it is a God thing how they connected with his family. Um, and, and now it is, it is God's hand upon our partnership with the GCFC churches that we're discovering how we can partner together uh, for greater effectiveness. Because that's one of our goals is that we don't seek to simply take short-term trips to Kenya so that we can have cool pictures. Uh, we don't look to go to Kenya so that we can tell people in a nice prayer letter uh, that we got to go and tell the gospel to them. We, we go to Kenya because we want to strategically help these pastors with the things they tell us. This is what God has laid on our heart. This is what God is doing, and here's how you can help. And so doing that together with Don and Carolyn, doing that together with their church, uh, Mariner's church in, uh, in California, doing that together with others that are like-minded about the gospel is central to our vision for how we work together as a church to take the gospel. To the ends of the earth. So, this morning is is really a celebration of that. Um, Some of you uh, gave money three, maybe three or four years ago to something that we called uh, the Joy to the World Project. The first phase was these audio Bibles. Uh, they were proclaimers, is what they were called. Uh, second phase is these backpacks that we actually took and delivered Christmas time, 2016. These audio Bibles um, is the the Bible, the New Testament, really, in Pocot, which is their native language. Um, that many uh, of our friends were part of recording. In fact, this man right here, if you were to listen to it and understand it, you would hear his voice anytime there are red letters in the New Testament. Those mean that's Jesus, and so this is a dramatic reading of scripture, and this is Jesus right here. So his words, which are really Jesus' words, which is true of this man in every shape and every way, his words are Jesus' words because he lives and breathes what God is doing. Um, in these little boxes that are solar-powered boxes, we brought those. And so our partnership over the years has looked different. We've, we've supplied resources. We've done pastor's conferences. We've helped build that building that you just saw in partnership with other churches Um, This year, we've upped our partnership with um, their evangelism and scholarship funds and day-to-day ministry funds as well as pastoral support. And we look at this as not just, hey, we're throwing money there because then we get to say it, but we're putting money where we know God is working. And so today, we're going to spend some time talking about what God is doing. We want you to hear firsthand from Emmanuel his story, why this matters, why we believe so strongly that for 10 or more years, Northwest has partnered with Emmanuel. Why for 13 years, this couple here has spent, uh, they can't remember how many times they've been there to spend time with him, brought their family, that he's become part of their family um, or they're part of his family. I'm not sure which way it goes. Um, so this is a morning that we celebrate that. We celebrate the work God is doing. And so as we, um, as you listen, listen carefully, listen closely, uh, Emmanuel's first two languages are Swahili and Pokat. Uh, and English is his third language, and, and he is very good at English. But listen closely and understand when he talks about Pokot. That is his people group. He's going to talk about some some towns that I'll I'll help draw connections with. But we're going to tell the story of how the gospel is working uh, in in the western part of Kenya amongst the Pokot people. So, um, Emmanuel, let's uh, let's have a seat and we'll we'll start into our little our interview. Um, and uh, Emmanuel, start us off by just telling us about yourself. I know you want to to greet our church family, but then greet us, and, and then tell us about your family. Tell us about how you came to know Jesus and kick us off there.
1: Uh, that's just like Greek or French, but greetings in Jesus' name. That's what this means. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, been The second time. And I want to thank you for your prayers. Uh, love and generosity. Well, uh, my wife, this morning, I just called them. in the morning here, it's like 3 p.m. there, and they said hi to you guys, and I'm glad to be here, yes, they are there, but one person is missing
0: there,
1: (laughs) a young man called Caleb, but you will come to see him. Well, uh, I am born in Kenya, uh, second born, and my life, I was brought up. Uh, we are four in our family and a one-step brother. And uh, my father died in 1992. And all what we had that time was taken away our field, our animals. And we had to move uh, to stay in a bush, a jungle. And life was hard. Nobody was taking care of us. And no food. Every uh, all people were away and like God was away too, but... We thank God that we survived through that harsh environment. And uh, God is faithful. So I came to know the Lord uh, in 1993. Uh, There was an old man who was keeping coming on our home uh, inviting me or asking me to receive Jesus. And I kept saying, I'll just come to know that when I get married and uh, when the other stuff is there. So But he kept pointing to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, Romans 6, uh, 23, and Romans 5, 8. Uh, Actually, Romans 5, 8 says uh, God is loving us, and he still demonstrates his love to us. And uh, he pointed about sin, man's sinfulness, and the nature of sin, and the need for me to know Jesus. So what I was afraid is about going to hell and be separated with Jesus. So I decided to give my life to Jesus, and that was 1993. May 16th, I accepted the Lord as my personal savior. And everything changed in my life. And uh, being the only one who has, go- who has gone to school in our family. But God actually changed things in my family. And I wish my mother, Rebecca, would be here this morning as I, as I, sp- as I speak to you. But I know she could not be, but uh, she knows I'm here. So uh, after giving my life to Jesus, uh, this old man disabled me. He uh, taught me about how to pray, to fast, and uh, at the close January 1994, I requested him that if I could join Bible school, and he said, guy, you will need to pray about it, ask the Lord's leading about it, and we did that, and uh, 1995, I joined Bwani Bible Institute in Mombasa, where I did my, pastoral min- uh, my diploma in, past- in Bible and pastoral ministry. I graduated uh, 1999, March, and I was posted to a church. Anyway, when we say a church, uh, that's where we people meet under the tree. And I started with the four families, and walking six hours, and six hours was kind of hard. No food, no water. The climate, the climate is harsh, but I endured that, but God is faithful. I remember one day uh, walking that distance and I was almost to say no, but uh, I was reminded about Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse five, God says I will not leave you or forsake you and I kept going on. So after two years, the church grew from four families to about uh, 60 people. Now I have to leave that church and go to start a new church now, which is alive. By then we had uh, two more churches, but now starting on a church in the town being the third church and from that church now to 15 currently as we talk and uh that's how the ministry is and god has been faithful through that
0: yeah. if you if you didn't pick up on that he's, he's served at two different churches and the church that he currently serves at was his second church in a, in a town called congolai if you've been to kenya you have been to Congolai. If you've worshipped uh, with the Pokot people, you probably worshipped at Congolai for at least one of those services, and that is the church where Emmanuel, uh, that was his second church that he helped yeah. get started, um, but it was the third church in a group of churches, and so you're going to hear us talk a little bit about the GCFC partnership, um, and, and these are these are churches. There are um, a number of them. There are 15 in their region, um, and then there are another uh, six in Alale. Yeah. Um, and some of them are also in Uganda, which they're very close to the Uganda border. so some of them have now crossed over into the Uganda um, into Uganda from Kenya um, and this this uh, small group of three churches that were reaching this small area have now started to expand and and to get from each of these churches, if we were to look at a map, you would see um, uh, that they are they are quite spread out and they continue to go further. When they start to see that families are walking numerous hours to get to their church, they say, oh, we, need to, we need to plant a new church. There are believers in that village and they need a place to worship and they need to reach their community. So these men train up a new pastor and they send him out and that's something we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, tell, us, tell us, Emmanuel, as a pastor, uh, one of the things that we do is we come alongside you to help you to be able to spend um a majority of your time as a pastor. Um, what does is, what is your week look like? What does ministry look like? And how do you spend your time uh, leading your church, helping uh, equip these churches and helping grow this ministry?
1: Well, uh, to be pastor back in my village is uh, regarded as a less job. People don't take that that it is a call from God. So the charge to support a pastor is zero the natural poverty level, and uh, the illiteracy level also is high, whereby uh, few people are educated. So to strike the balance there is you need to have uh, your own uh, way of sub- supporting yourself as well as you devote yourself in full-time ministry, which is a challenging. But God is faithful through that, and uh, we, I and other pastors have seen God working through uh, the, another challenge is the education, uh, education part of it because from kindergarten to university, you pay fees, and so those things are there. Uh, God is also changing people to understand uh, that uh, despite of these challenges, uh, he uses them also uh, to, uh, to support in another way as our budget says in GCFC, that okay, we give this, we are praying for this. We have seen God working on that, but pastor to be supported full-time in back at home uh, is zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you, uh, so these this,
1: this, this pastors, they keep animals, uh, and uh, actually they can do have, uh, uh, some little planting, but the nature of the place is when it's dry, those crops are gone and you forget about them.
0: So for pastors to to reach their community, they see this as, uh, number one, there aren't churches that are paying salaries because they don't value that. They don't see that. They are very, uh, the income level is so low that for many families, it is simply getting enough food to eat for that day, for that week, for that next season. Um, and so that's that's a challenge. Um, so for pastors to devote themselves to doing the discipleship and the ministry they want to do, they also have to balance that with working. And so one of the things we're doing is trying to come alongside of these pastors to help them with some support um, so that they have some consistency, but also to help them with education so that they have the opportunity to go and to, and to figure out new ways of making income. And so Tell us a little bit about what this looks like. In, in, the Pocot, in the Pocot area, the illiteracy rate is 68%. Tell us what that looks like for your pastors. What kind of education do most of your pastors have? What does education look like for families?
1: Well, uh, uh, with the number of 13 pastors uh, in Kacheliba region, I'm the only one who is now pursuing my, PA, my bachelor's degree in theology, Daniel also knows English because he went to uh, 10th grade, uh, and uh, because of no fees, he couldn't go to high school. So the other guys, actually they have no formal education, but they can read Bokot Bible. Hmm. they can uh, actually study in Bokot, Swahili. But we have taken them through a West Bokot Bible college, uh, which is actually, when you say college is different from the college. we know that's the. The college there is, uh, with that uh, level of their understanding, so we have to teach them the elementary, teach them A, B, C, D, but mostly we teach them in Pocot language for two-year program, Then we award them with certificate so that they can go and train other, other pastors, other their church, uh, church, church members to know how to read, but God is working through that. We just graduated uh, we call him John Zinia, who's 60 years old. He went to uh, fifth grade way back, 1975, hmm. but he just graduated last month uh, through that program and others who went through that program. And we thank God that through that, through West Bacot Bible College, GCFC is able to train pastors and other pastors from other churches uh, to read the community and spread the gospel.
0: There were, there were 15 graduates at this graduation in June from West Pocott Bible College, which as you heard him describe, is in a college as much as it's a training center. And they're both simultaneously teaching how to study God's word as well as certain English and helping them have the ability to understand things that they read that they haven't learned because... Some of them have second, third, fourth, fifth grade education. Um, and so one of the challenges for these pastors to see the gospel change lives and to, and to uh, see these churches grow is to help with education because with education comes opportunity, and with education comes the ability uh, to think about things in new ways and to strategize and to take the gospel in new ways into their community. And so that's one of the, one of the things that these pastors are passionate about, not just to grow GCFC— yeah. How many of the 15 pastors were from other churches around the area? Yeah, from other
1: churches. uh, Some are from the Anglican Church, from Baptist Church, and other ministries there. So a
0: variety Uh, of pastors just graduated that all have ministries around the region, and they are using this when those pastors would never qualify to get education because they haven't haven't graduated high school. They don't have enough education that most um, larger schools would not accept them because they can't test and they can't place in. Um, the West Pokot Bible College sees the opportunity to come alongside these uneducated men and women. Or eventually, I would think, in some areas, um, that they will be able to uh, educate them and uh, and raise them up as leaders in the church. Um, and and there's challenges there. Tell us about a little bit of the challenges culturally with, with men and women and, and getting men to lead um, uh, in the church and in different ways.
1: Well, the uh, uh, people are very generous. They share. If I don't have something. I come to you, and then we share. I call it communal uh, sharing of whatever we have. Uh, Also, uh, the respect is a must. All the people have more say than myself. For example, those above 50, uh, if they will send me, then I have to go and do what they say me to do because I'm younger than them. So there is age, uh, age uh, respect in the community. Also, life is sacred, and they worship as their supreme being, God, who they call uh which is actually different from the God we worship and the God we believe. But uh, they believe that their God is in charge of the universe and uh, is caring, but he is far away. So uh, they, are, they also keep animals as part of their livelihood and little bit of agriculture because of the net of the drought they cannot actually have big big fields for farming but mostly they rely on the animals keeping yeah
0: so a lot of a lot of the a lot of the people rely on animals uh, to be able to have a livelihood. But, but as he's referencing, because of the field, sometimes uh, men will go away for long periods of time with their animals, yeah. Yeah. Uh, leaving a wife at home. Uh, so many times you might go, and, and there's not very men around, men, many men around in the village because they've all taken their an- animals over to Uganda or to another part of Kenya to graze and to be able to support them. Um, what, what are some of the other challenges that the church uh, faces the in challenges, the family?
1: The church is facing challenges whereby uh, a polygamous life is uh, evident there.
0: A, a polygamous life?
1: yeah. And uh, well, although the, the church is now playing the role to change that, uh, okay, before mistreatment of women was there but things are changing through the gospel and education and we thank God for that. Yes. So my community is changing from what it was, uh, it was not good towards now uh, what the Bible actually teaches about the right of the women and love in the family and men now they have taken responsibility of taking care of their families and educating their children.
0: Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you were to sit down with Emmanuel and ask him some questions about how the family structure is changing, he could tell you about how polygamy um, is something that is, is rampant in their culture and how that is changing. Uh, how, number one, how that can be detrimental to relationships and to how the culture uh, works when they look at what God designed our culture to look like and how that um, the the respect and the love in a marriage of one man and one woman uh, changes when a man has multiple wives for the sake of having many kids for the sake of being more powerful in the community. Um, and he could tell you stories of how that's changing and how they are working as a church and they have to answer these questions that we don't we don't even think about these things because in our culture that's not the same. We have our own issues, um, but but we um have gotten to come alongside and hear them and pray with them as they look at scripture to. How do we address this need? Um, and one of the things that is really important that um, I love for you to speak about is the need for education. How does the how does education of children um, go hand in hand with the gospel and with how you are seeing culture change?
1: Uh,
0: I, I know very well
1: that uh, uh, I'm the living example of education when I'm here. Because mm-hmm. if I could not go to school, I could not be here. Mm-hmm. And when you... Educate a person, you change him totally, mm. locally, nationally, and then globally, mm. and that person is able to present himself or herself in the presence of people, and is also that agent of changing mm. others, mm. as I am and other people. Yes. So education goes with hand with the gospel, mm. and uh, as when a person is educated, he knows how to study and read God's word. And like now, back at home, the whole congregation of 150 people in Kacheliba, mm. 20 of them know how to read. Mm. Now, 100, 150 people, they depend upon me. So if I stand and teach heresy, they will say, yes, that's good. Mm. But mm. if they are all educated, each one of them will just take time after service, mm. go through the notes, study it, analyze it, write some questions, and maybe next Sunday you can say, Pastor, no, this one, was not that way? Hmm. So there is power in education, as well as uh, people knowing Christ, because that's eternity. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah as, the, as you can hear, uh, the, the power of having education, the ability to read, keeps... Uh, some of these churches and some of this spirituality and religion which they've passed down through ages and ages as he's teaching he's having people in his church that now can read scripture and challenge him and say well, well the Bible says this and and as he said only 20 of the 150 are able to do that yet but their goal is to see all of the little ones all the young ones that are in school able to continue to go school, go to school so that the next generation of believers all know how to read and teach and share God's word with others and use that not just um, in careers, not just in being able to support family, but also then being able to serve the church and reach that next generation. So it's an incredible way that education goes with the gospel, and as the church is able to come alongside that part of culture, it gives them new opportunities. Um, you could ask him later, if you'd like to, about goats and how a goat created the opportunity for a man to, to, that would, would have been far from God to say, maybe I want to know more because of a goat, Uh, He can share with the GOAT program if you'd like to hear that afterwards. We don't have time this morning, but there are so many stories of how these things that these churches are coming up with, these pastors are saying, here's how we're going to reach our generation. Here's how we're going to reach our culture. Um, Emmanuel, tell tell us some of the things. We've come alongside, and we've brought audio Bibles. Um, and we did these Joy to the World backpacks, and we've done conferences, and uh, Don and Carolyn helped start this GOAT program, and, and they created this education fund to help with education. We also come along and help build churches. Um, but our goal isn't that you are reliant on us. Our goal is that we come alongside your vision and help support it, but for self-sustainability is something we've talked about. But tell us, tell us why these relationships matter. Tell us why partnership matters for the gospel and for your churches.
1: Uh, our, uh, the partnerships matters because, you see, um, uh, we are one in Christ. And uh, when you came alongside, uh, Don and Caroline have come alongside, we have seen God working in the Pocot community. Mm-hmm. Uh, like now the education, uh, the Pocot educational fund, we are now able to support uh, 16 kids. One is in university, next day will be graduating, uh, and be a high school teacher and uh, somewhere in high school. Uh, so, things are changing mm-hmm. through our partnership. Uh, the audio you brought, one of the pastors currently is using it because he has no formal education. He's using it. He puts it on. Then the entire church, they listen for a period of like 20 minutes. Then he puts off. And then the guy actually summarizes and they pray and they call. Mm-hmm. So, that's how our partnership has worked. Uh, through the job, the of the world pack- backpacks. Actually, the number of Sunday school kids are uh, growing in our churches. And uh, we started a trip two years ago has uh, brought our church to grow. Both the Sunday school and even the church members. Mm-hmm. And I'm we are, we are looking forward where this partnership will continue so that uh, more churches will be planted, more leaders will be trained, mm-hmm. and TCFC uh, will move from the current location of Uh, 15 churches in Gachilipa region, six churches in Alale region, to over 100 and beyond our counties and other neighboring counties like Turkana and others. Mm.
0: And maybe who knows?
1: Yeah, in the U.S., Mm. before Jesus comes, I don't know. (laughs)
0: It's encouraging to hear. (laughs) Emmanuel says yesterday, as we're sitting at my kitchen table with Don and Carolyn and Emmanuel and Shannon was with us, and and we were talking about dreams and what they hope to see, he says, I dream of the day that we are sending people elsewhere to tell people about Jesus. They they, they aren't just thinking about their little area um, on the map, and they're thinking, well, where's the next place? Where does the gospel need to go elsewhere in Kenya? Where in other places does it need to go? And it's encouraging to hear their vision, um, not to, to think through how much more they need from us but how much more God is doing and, and saying to us, well you can come alongside and help with this but we want to give this. And if you look at the budget that we uh, supported this year, it had this column and it says uh, GCFC is contributing this. And, and it says, here's other partners and, and makes some, some requests for how we could come alongside. But um, it is not about, hey, American churches, here's what you do. It's about, hey, here's what we're doing. If you want to partner with us, here's how it can be helpful. Uh, we had a conversation yesterday and said, okay, what have we done that's beneficial? And, uh, and what have we done that wasn't? Uh, and, and he had a few things, and, uh, and we learned from those things and that 's our desire to to come alongside of these pastors and say, "How can we help? How do we not put on you our ideas, but you tell us what you need, and we can help uh, with the resources God gives us to resource those dreams. So you see hundreds of churches, you see reaching Turkana, which is another people group yeah you see sending people out what are What are some of the um, the other dreams you have of how you see God working?" and maybe, maybe shorter term, maybe longer term, of how you see the gospel going forward in, in the Pocot? Um, I
1: see that uh, in the near future, our people will be able to read and write. And uh, the church to be able to support our local uh, pastors. Mm-hmm. And the uh, long-term plan is to see the more men, or short time is more meant to come, yeah. and um, the, the education will change the entire community yeah. in the coming years because I'm, I'm looking forward whereby at the age of 80, myself, for example, I'll be sitting down there yeah. listening, the church preaching in English. Yeah. But not now, unlike today, uh, when you guys, you come, uh, when you speak in English, I do both Swahili and Pokot at the time. <laughs> now I'm looking forward whereby you come, David. You just preach the word, and everybody says yes, Amen. <laughs> and uh, those are the things actually I'm looking forward about that, and to see our partnership grow towards that, yeah. and more so to bring honor and glory to God. Yeah.
0: Incredible. There, there are so many dreams that they have, and we're, we're encouraged to see um, for, a, for a culture that it can be easy to only think about um, what tomorrow brings, that they are looking ahead, and they are dreaming of how God is working. They are seeing where he is working. A new church was planted uh, just in the past week, uh, and, and since we came two years ago, there's at least three or four new churches, and they're always looking to see where God is working and where they come alongside of the gospel going forward, and we're excited about that. Um, it's interesting because this week, is uh, the third week in our series on the Holy Spirit's work in our life, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us. And, and the fruit would be peace if we follow in order. And uh, and as we were thinking about how this morning fits into that, um, we thought we'd just give Emmanuel a few minutes to share um, how he has seen God's peace. If, uh, if you were... With us back, I believe it was in January, we shared one Sunday, we prayed for the famine, and they were worried that they were going to be without food in, in the Pokot area because um, there was such drought. And then just a few weeks ago, this past month, there was flooding, which is the complete opposite but brings new problems, and Emmanuel's had some health concerns. And yet, through all of this, um, through even uh, the death of his brother, which we will share about a little bit, um, the peace that this man has shown um, is something I think we can all learn from. I have been encouraged by it, and I hope. Um, you will as well. So Emmanuel, share with us a little bit just about some of the difficulties of this year, and yet share, um, then point us to Jesus. Point us to that peace that you have found. Um, I know you have some things you'd like to share. on that. Uh, for,
1: for these past years, actually, my community went through a drought uh, whereby um, the animals died, old uh, animals died, but God took people through that. And, uh, this year, we have had uh, a lot of rain than previous years, just this past month, uh, there was so flooding within Kongelai and Kacheliba where people lost their property. Uh, the water was just two feet high, but our charge was not affected. We didn't lose any property. Mm-hmm. But now people have to cope with that and uh, move ahead. Uh, my field, was, my cornfield, was just a half of the crops were destroyed. And now I'm taking care of about a half of it. I don't know if it will survive or not. But all these guys happen. No one can actually control the nature. And when nature actually uh, happens, it happens. And we have to agree and move forward and see what next step is the Lord preparing us for uh, uh, ahead. Uh, actually, I've been having health issues, as you know. And thank you for praying for me. And uh, I lost my brother. He's now eighth. we had this funeral. When I was coming two years ago, I have to tell him, my brother, I'm going to U.S., take care of my family, and now I am here. He is with the Lord. He doesn't know. But things have to continue. Well, um, we all face so many challenges, and sometimes uh, either rejection uh, Death of loved ones as I am, I went through. But when you read the book of Job chapter 19, verse 25, Job wrote these words that I know my Redeemer lives, and I myself will see him. That's, that, those are the words of encouragement when life is upside down, when you go through stress, rejection, uh, sometimes uh, you feel like the, the world, is, nobody is loving you, and sometimes things is falling apart. When you just cling on that Bible first, you find that peace. Jesus himself spoke these words to his disciples. that is in John chapter 14, verse 19. He, reinstated, he just repeated the same word. Job wrote that because Jesus lives with the hope of glory, who is our peace, I too will live. So, when I started those Bible verses, uh, connecting again to uh, Philippians 4, 7, where the Bible says, and may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ guard your hearts and men in Christ Jesus. Okay, we go through this. We face this. But his peace is sufficient. Amen. And I know maybe here somebody is undergoing such a kind of situation, either rejection, Or sometimes you are facing a difficult time. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you allow the Holy Spirit to take control and speak to you. As God, God, I am here. I need your peace. Which transcends all human understanding. He will will do it. I know that the world uh, is full of rejection, turmoil, and those things but in Christ there is total peace in Christ there is love and unity in Christ we have all we need i know the uh, the uh, life is an adventure and when life is an adventure we know who is leading us through that adventure and that's jesus christ and uh, in the book of Romans, chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three, Paul says these words: uh, "May God, our source of peace, be with all of you." Paul was addressing his addressing his audience, the church in Rome. He's also addressing me as individually that I need to know who God, who is the who is the God of peace. Sure, uh, my brother has gone. I don't know. Me too. One day we will all leave this earth. But you see, we cannot actually uh, uh, say that okay, I have all this but I rather have Jesus because this, that's where I will, spend my, I will spend my eternity. If Jesus says come home even when I am here, I, I cannot object because his program is his program and my program is my program. So there's no day whereby I can say, God, no, but I shall be ready. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives and ask Him who is the source of peace. Fill us with His peace each time, each day, each moment. Isaiah 23, 26, 3 says, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose, firm and put their trust in you. Our goal as Christians is to trust him. To trust him. I don't know. Maybe you are here this morning. You have not given your life to Jesus. You, do not, you, don't, you don't have that peace which comes from Jesus. If you are there, you are facing so many challenges. The Lord says, give Those burdens to him, and he will have peace. And his peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus.
0: I don't know. Uh, Maybe
1: uh, before you pray, will will you allow me to pray for them? We love that. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we I thank you for this morning. That been the second time to stand before the presence of these people. We know that, Lord, our lives is in your hands. There are so many things we are going through, but I pray that this morning, your peace, which transcends all human understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. May you, Lord, bless this church. May you meet our needs as we seek your guidance, we seek your power, and we seek, Lord, your will to be done in our lives. I want to thank you for this church, the leadership team, and Lord, the partnership. I pray that Jesus, may your Holy Spirit help us each day to depend upon you. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Before we, uh, before we move on to our last song, would you share with us a few things that we as a church family can be praying for? Okay,
1: uh, pray for me. Pray for my wife. Uh, After the death of my brother, my children came to know the Lord Jesus, pray that they may grow in Christ and know more about him, pray for the ministry, pray for uh, uh, the entire Pocot community, and pray for more men to come to Jesus.
0: We'll do it. Emmanuel, thank you for being with us this morning. Let's pray, and we'll continue in worship. God, thank you for this brother of mine. Thank you for uh, his commitment to your word, to your work. Uh, to pressing on and persevering in so many difficult circumstances to see the gospel transform lives. God, we thank you that we get to be part of it um, as his teammates, as his partners, as his friends, as his brothers. God, thank you. Uh, that you are doing an amazing work amongst the Pocot people, that through the GCFC churches and other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, that you are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, and that we get to be uh, seeing and hearing stories through Emmanuel. God, we pray that you would um, uh, make us better partners, that through our prayers, uh, through our our letters to them, our encouragement, (laughs) through our partnership when we take trips and we Uh, We look for ways that we can come alongside them uh, that you would allow us to be effective at reaching uh, both this community here, our country in America, as well as uh, Kenya and the ends of the earth. God, we pray that their vision to see more men uh, reached. Would happen. God, we pray that through uh, the GOAT program, through education, through evangelism, outreach, and through the different ways these churches are, are engaging with men in their community, that men would come to know you, they would lead their families in that way, and that you would continue to change that culture, that you would uh, make it reflect the way that you designed our, our relationships to be, and we thank you for these uh, these men that lead the GCFC churches that are um, committed to their wives and to their families and to you and to the church God, we pray for continued growth for his children. We thank you for their salvation. Thank you that through this tragedy that they came to know you. Uh, We thank you for the privilege it is to stand here today together, uh, united um, by the blood of Jesus and uh, and your sacrifice on the cross. God, thank you for uh, the privilege it is uh, to be called your children. And we pray as we continue in worship this morning, as we go this week, we would go in your peace. We would experience that no matter what our circumstances bring. We thank you for our brother, for his family. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen.